By what name are you known? There are some who call me... Tim? Listeners, the only thing worse for you than instant ramen or jarred gravy is unattended mental health. I'm Zach, from Foodball, the podcast for and about humans who cook real food. As an indie podcaster with bipolar disorder, I'm proud to say this show has more value than even whatever the psychological version of Wagyu beef is. Now, sit back and enjoy listening to 20 Tim Minutes with Tim McCarthy. With a party yet. What's going on, guys? Episode 74? I don't know. Uh, hopefully my fans out there know, so no one will know. What's going on? You're listening to 20 Tim Minutes, a podcast that focuses on mental health through humor, insight, and personal stories. I am your host, Tim McCarthy. Welcome. Hope you're having a good day. 1-800-273-8255 is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And a quick update on this after this. Crisis text line, text HOME to 741741 if you don't like to call people and if you're in the North Americas. So I read this, um, just a heads up, so I don't know if I should keep promoting Crisis text line. The Crisis text line ended its data sharing relationship with the company following criticism over privacy concerns, which uh, doesn't seem like is a, is a good thing. Um, the incident sheds light on ethical issues about personal data protection and digital services for mental health. Consumers can protect their personal data by researching digital mental health services and reviewing their terms and conditions before use. There is nobody, and I mean nobody, that takes the time to read any terms and conditions. I know there's a South Park episode on that, so the joke's already out there, but seriously, people, if you listen, if you read the terms and conditions, maybe if you do like an audiobook of terms and conditions, I could get that. But there's no way you're reading it. Even if you read it, then what can you do? You're like, okay, they steal your your uh, your info. So you're just like, all right, I'm not going to text them. So I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I actually reached out to them to try to get someone from that company to be interviewed by me, but nothing back. Maybe I should just text them instead of emailing them. Thanks to Zach with Food Pod. Um, I don't know how to cook at all. Um, I I eat. I've been told I eat food like I'm a video game character walking by and just picking up random meals, but I don't pick them up off the ground. I just pick them up randomly. I have a terrible um, food ethic, I would say. I don't know how to cook. I eat like shit. My palate stinks. I'm very picky. But you know what? I don't care, and tomatoes suck. Um, Another cool thing real quick before I get into this episode, I won Podcast of the Week with Entertainment Network. I'm the first one of the week, like ever. Like I'm the first guy. You can't take that away from me. The inaugural podcast of the week, 20 Tim Minutes. Uh, If you're watching this on YouTube, here is the, um, what is it? The certificate I got from them. So it was a real good honor and gave me a boost in my my, uh, mental health, seriously, because it's all this work that I do on the podcast to finally be recognized. It wasn't one of those things they picked the name out of a hat. I gave them my episode 25, which I talk about. My suicide attempt on May 5th. Um, so I think that was a big one. I always feel weird like promoting that episode. It's like, hey, uh, like my podcast because I tried killing myself and here's a story about it. Um, but I understand it from like both sides because it is like a big episode. So if you haven't listened yet, episode 25 is the one I got through. And then I know episodes coming up on May. 
I don't know what to do for that one, but it will be um, a pretty big one after two years um, since 2019. That's not two years, um, but since last year when I started the podcast, two years if you're a fan. Hope everyone's doing good. Um, so I read this real quick. I, I need to talk about bipolar more because that's what I deal with and I'm still learning. So hopefully you still like to learn about bipolar, which I have bipolar too. So I read this and I was like, I'm feeling good. The sun's out. This is great. Like winter depression's going, leaving, leaving that in the dust. Bipolar disorder. Can sunshine trigger a manic episode? I go, uh oh, don't need that. So I'm at the question if I'm even even in a good mood or I'm having a manic episode. Are symptoms seasonal? This study examined hospital admissions for mania and found peak admissions for mania in summer and low admissions in winter. How? how? I was so manic in the winter because I was depressed, but then I would get so positive being like, you know what? I'm going to fight this winter depression. Meh. Then I found out it was just mania. And that's the biggest struggle I have is knowing if I'm dealing with uh, a manic episode or I'm just in a good mood. But I've been in a good mood like for like a long time recently and good things are happening. Even if like I just dropped my medication, I think this is super ironic. My mood stabilizing medication, I didn't screw the top on all the way and I dropped it and like went everywhere like cat hair was on it, blah, blah, blah. And I just stood there like I was Jim Halpert in the office and like looked at the camera and just did that face. But there's no cameras in my house. Not that I know of. Maybe there is. I don't know. That'd be weird. The show Big Brother is kind of weird. They just like watch you all day. I remember one season I watched and they had one in the bathroom. And people like go in the... I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, But this is also with seasonal affective disorder, which I've talked to before, which is the acronym SAD, which is like a great one. It's not WHO. Remember WHO? Um, seasonal affective disorder, SAD, uh, is known as a major depressive disorder with seasonal patterns. It's a form of depression that occurs during winter months, which I have. Though both may cause worsening depression linked with changing seasons, this form of depression is different from bipolar disorder. I had the pleasure of having both. What do you say now? Bipolar disorder treatments can help you maintain consistent moods throughout the year. Common treatments Common treatments include psychotherapy, which is talk therapy, which I'm pretty much doing now, medications such, such as lithium, which I don't know what that is, or a combination of both. All this is not proven, but it's just the whole, this is what we're seeing with the data. And again, I'm picturing people in lab coats with Bunsen burners finding this stuff out, but that's not the case. Um, but yeah, that kind of it's like the whole thing when I read uh, a while ago is like people that have ADHD are more prone to die in a random accident. And I don't feel like that's the case because I always have my head on a swivel, except, especially when I'm driving. My eyes and head are always moving left and right. Unless I get like a piano dropped on my head randomly, I feel like that's the only way I'm going to die. I don't know, I thought I was going to die today. I went to the chiropractor and because uh, my neck has been like bothering me and I found out like my vertebrae was like parts of it were not lined up. Man, this guy cracked my back and my neck and I felt great. I feel like I gained an inch on my height. It's a good thing, but now they're like 50 bucks for a copay and you got to come in two more times this week and two times next week. So I'm like, that's 250 bucks to crack my neck. Maybe I can just do that for free. I can probably take my own chiropractor course. I do believe in chiropracting. Some people like don't believe in it, if that makes any sense. Like the cracking like probably is a relief, but is it medically like proven? I don't know. There's a lot of things that like maybe I just made up in my head that I've had a conversation with one person and then I think everybody's like that. I do that way too much. 
I hear one, like one time some guy told me $20 bills are bad luck to have in your wallet. There was a good like summer where I never carried $20 bills on me. But if you always have tens on you, you're a, a clutch human. I was a clutch human for quite some time at having tens on me at all times. That's when I would go to the bank before I had, before I had real anxiety. So there are a lot of myths about bipolar. I don't want to run down too many of them, but I do want to go over some of them um, that I've read. And it's kind of cool that I can uh, kind of debunk these without having to read in the facts. So some of these, I don't have the facts written down. So there's a myth that I can drink alcohol or use cannabis as much as the next person who doesn't have bipolar disorder. Not that big of a deal. Initially, it is a big deal. You're uh, a mood changer and you have a depressant like alcohol that you're drinking. I think the cannabis is what really uh, shocked me because I feel like the cannabis side of it or the devil's lettuce, depending on which side you stand on. I like that name for weed, devil's lettuce. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. But um, yeah, taking pills and drinking is like, uh, isn't good anyway. So I understand that's probably not good with bipolar people anyway. And if bipolar people weren't on medication, drinking was probably the last thing they needed to do. Um, so I do agree with that. And the fact that it says substance use is a serious and common co-occurrence among people with bipolar disorder. Research shows that alcohol, cannabis, and other recreational drugs can worsen mania and interfere with your meds. I've been trying to cut down on drinking. I'm a big chick ultra guy. Um, so yeah, I, I just don't like drinking right now because of uh, trying to lose weight and get in shape. Sometimes I'll do like a vodka soda water if I'm feeling a little frisky and I don't want to put on the calories or the weight. Um, yeah, so a review of multiple studies because um, people weren't convinced by it. The source uh, found at least 40% of people with bipolar 1 disorder were experienced substance use disorder, which is SUD. S-U-D. What's up, SUD? Substance use disorder during their lifetime. At least 20% of people with bipolar 2 disorder will. An existing SUD can make managing bipolar more difficult, which again, that makes a lot of sense. I, I feel like you guys will agree with me on this. Here we go. Men with bipolar disorder develop a SUD more often than women with bipolar disorder. Shit. A high rate of manic episodes and suicidal ideation is also linked in an increased risk of SUD. Shit. Um, certain folks with bipolar disorder are uniquely at risk of an SUD, including veterans and transgender people. You can manage bipolar disorder and also have a healthy and robust social life. Many people use substance to relax or with the hope to calm an episode of mania, hypomania, or hypomanic symptoms down. There are other ways to achieve the same goal, like with self-care and exercise. What do you guys think? I think it's pretty cut and dry that um, that is all correct. Because, again, alcohol isn't a thing that will cure your sadness or your, or your SUD, substance use disorder. Um, so I found that very interesting. But I do agree in a sense. I feel like the cannabis is different. But maybe it does, it does really affect you mania with these uh, people with lab coats and Bunsen burners. If you're watching this on YouTube, which you should start, I need to promote this more. I'm wearing a kimono. And uh, I'm a big kimono guy. Good guy, local guy, kimono guy. Me and my buddy Duff are going to PAX East this Saturday. And uh, it's a video game convention. And I'm dressing up like a professional wrestler. His name is Super Dragon. And uh, it's a video game convention, but I'm dressed up as a wrestler because um, that's what I do. And it's mask mandated. Again, whatever side you are on the mandate, I respect it. Um, but I'm wearing a full-fledged mask. So my eyes, head, mouth, nose, everything's going to be blocked 
and uh, it's going to be real fun. Do you believe in sex addiction? Sex addiction. I don't know how to talk a lot of the times, and I do apologize for that. I like to take my meds before recording because it puts me in a good mood. But the bad side of it all is uh, my mouth is usually dry as shit. I got that cotton mouth. So what I'm going to do right now, people, is take a quick water break. That's sponsored by 20 Tim Minutes. There's this thing called hypersexuality that a lot of bipolar people deal with. If you don't know what it is, um, it's an excessive preoccupation. Jesus Christ, Tim. It's an excessive preoccupation with sexual fantasies. Dude, I don't know. I think, did someone slip me cannabis? Because I don't know how to speak right now. It's an excessive preoccupation with sexual fantasies, urges, and behaviors that is difficult to control, causes you distress, or negatively affects your health, job, relationships, or other parts of your life. Have you heard about that? I only learned about it... um, from bipolar i'm very i don't say i have it but i understand it after reading about it maybe i have a little bit of it and again like we're going to talk about sexuality if uh you're a family member like my mom uh i'm probably going to say some things you don't want to hear so maybe you should turn this episode off uh the causes of hypersexual behavior are not well understood which makes sense However, sex addiction and hypersexuality may sometimes be caused by traumatic experiences, distress, or by mental illness, such as bipolar disorder. Shit. Adults who have been sexually abused as children may display increased sexual behavior. All those um, symptoms or causes would make a lot of sense. Again, sexual addiction is another one that I had a conversation probably with one person, and they said it wasn't a sexual addiction. So in my head, it's like, oh, there's a lot of people like that. I put a poll on my Instagram account and everybody said, yes, it's an addiction. When I think of addiction, I always think of like drugs and alcohol and uh, I don't think about it on that end. So now I have to because it looks like it is like I thought I had a Sprite addiction, but I don't because I stopped and I don't have hypomania Sprite syndrome, which is uh, his HSS. Um So some research shows that up to 3% to 6% of people are living with some sort form of sexual addiction disorder or related disorders. And this condition predominantly affects men. It's always the men. It's always the men. Come on, guys, get it together. People with hypersexuality might exhibit a host of problematic sexual behaviors like consuming porno excessively, excessively masturbating, or engaging in sexual activities with a large number of partners, which would be a swinging event, right? Swinging, putting pineapples upside down in your cart, jingling your keys at the restaurant. I know all the tricks. I I don't know why I know them. Don't assume anything. I just like to learn about weird shit. Uh, The lack of recognition of hypersexuality as a mental disorder has resulted in many people living with the condition uh, with an official diagnosis. Um, But yeah. Uh, so personally, three to 6% of people living, that's a lot of people. Holy shit. I would say with me, like, obviously I masturbate. I watch porn. Do I watch a lot of porn? I don't know. I don't want to say how much I watch because I don't want it to compare, but I'm going to find out if I'm watching way too much. I feel like I have that anxiety of like being aroused that I need to have a release to go with my day. So maybe I have a hint of it, but I'm not like putting pineapples upside down in my cart, if you catch my drift. Uh, 
Um, so there is, um, so this compulsive sexual behavior, recurring and uncontrollable sexual fantasies, difficulty establishing and maintaining a relationship with other people, especially a romantic partner because of their preoccupation with sex, inability to get your sexual urges under control, continuing to engage in sexual behaviors and activities, even if they caused you harm, which I would assume as uh, you had sex with probably uh, a hooker and got syphilis. That's what I would mean. And then you still do it. You're like, yeah, I'll be all right. What are the chances of the next one? But there was a myth in here that I read that kind of conflicted with this. Again, difficulty establishing and maintaining a relationship with other people, especially a romantic partner because of their preoccupation with sex. So the myth I read was my bipolar disorder is going to ruin any chance I have at a meaningful relationship. While having The fact is, while having bipolar disorder can present significant challenges to one's romantic and intimate life, healthy, fulfilling relationships are absolutely possible. Which again, yes, but it's, it's, it's got to be like 50-50. It's got to go one way or the other, right? Because again, establishing and maintaining a relationship is one of the problems, but you can do it, obviously. But like, what are the stats on that? Ugh. According to some experts, a condition doesn't exist. However, identifying hypersexuality can be difficult as the DSM-5, which I always talk about and I won't read it, the Diagnostical and Statistical Manual of Mental Health Disorders, which, you know what? I know why they do these acronyms. It's because people like me don't want to say it every time. Which provides for the diagnosis of several mental health conditions, yada, yada, yada. We know all that. Uh, it fails to provide criteria of diagnosing hypersexuality or compulsive sexual behavior. Some mental health professionals use the diagnosis criteria for conditions such as behavioral addiction to help diagnose hypersexuality. This is because hypersexuality could be considered a form of behavioral addiction or impulse control disorder. So even some experts are not even for it. So I was right. Some people are, some people aren't. Sex addiction, I think right now with reading all this, it is real. Um, you can have an addiction to things that just aren't drugs. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's a little different. So you can, you can develop certain conditions. Conditions such as epilepsy are thought to cause damage to some parts of the brain, which in turn can trigger this condition of hypersexuality. And there's a chemical imbalance of the brain. The brain controls almost all of our daily function, including the sexual behavior, believe it or not. A chemical imbalance could either cause a complete lack of interest in sexual urges or behaviors of hypersexuality. So you can either drain that battery or you need to keep that battery pumping. There's some evidence that su suggests that a dopamine imbalance could trigger the condition as well, which I don't really understand. Medication. According to some researchers, uh, it could develop as a side effect of certain medications. Dopamine replacement medications typically used to treat Parkinson's have been found sometimes to cause hypersexuality. That is super interesting. I definitely would love to get your uh, thoughts on hypersexuality and sex addiction. I do have a possible interview coming up to focus on the hypersexuality. I want to do more Instagram lives. I want to do more videos on YouTube. So please go to youtube.com slash 2010minutes to follow me on YouTube. And then follow me everywhere else on social media at 2010minutes.com. Let's end with this. Three things I'm grateful for today. I'm still grateful for Lindsay. And the relationship we're maintaining while we're going through a separation. I really appreciate her as a person. I love her to death. And I'm very grateful for her and the relationship we still maintain as friends. I'm also grateful for my friend Duff. 
We are going to PAX East, PAX East this Saturday. I think there's something wrong with me today that I can't really speak properly, and it's kind of concerning. I went to the chiropractor today, and they just, like, cracked me up. <laughs> Not the laughing kind. And uh, I don't know if that, like, messed up my whole body. I went there because my neck, I can't turn my neck all the way. And they really helped me. The getting the crack was like, yo, this was good. And then for Memorial Day weekend, me and him are going to take a road trip uh, to D.C. And, and North Carolina. And then I'm grateful for working overtime. Um, I've been able to get overtime at my work to get some extra money. And extra money is always fun to have. So those are my three things I'm grateful for. I thank you for checking in on another episode of 2010 Minutes. I do apologize for my stuttering and my voice. I don't know why. It's, I, I'm a little bit concerned right now. Um, but I love you guys and have a good one. And we're clear. All right, guys, here's my little fun fact. Jaguars, the animal, not the car, are attracted by Calvin Klein's obsession for men. I wonder how they found that out. You poor bastard. You poor, poor bastard. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. If you are feeling suicidal, please dial 911.